Greetings, and welcome to the semi-finale session of the Revenue Studios After Hour podcast. I am Joshua B. Alexander, and you are in for a treat. If you're new, the Revenue Studios After Hour podcast is a series where I interview directors, producers, actors, writers, and analysts in the world of film. So, if you know anyone who will be a great addition to the series, whether that be you, a friend, or family member, please comment down below on who that would be. Now, as always, before we begin, I'd like to throw out a parental warning as the topics and discussion in this podcast may not be suitable for all ages. Profanity may may not be used, and I really like to give my guests the freedom to express themselves however they wish. Typically, the interview will consist of non-simple starter questions that lead up to follow-ups as the conversation actually progresses. In this session, I had the liberty and pleasure of interviewing a long-term friend of mine named Chelsea Burris, who runs a modeling agency boot camp, helping models step into the industry, growing their image, brand, and professionalism. We went over some of the basics of set and on-shoot etiquette, the misconceptions people think about modeling, TFP, and what that is, also how to branch out to bigger and brighter opportunities, as well as how to transition into film. Without further ado, let's jump right into the session. On the Revenant Studios After Hours podcast, I have a very dear friend of mine, Chelsea Bears. Yay! We've known each other for about 10, 11 years. It's very crazy. <laughs> it's been a very long journey. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm Thanks doing for good. inviting me out. I'm excited to be here. No problem. No problem. So, uh, tell us what you do, Chelsea, because I know what you do, but people may not know exactly what you do. Right. So, right now, I run a metropolitan modeling agency. It's called the Sunset Photoshoot Team. And basically what we do is we take new models from beginners, people who are just kind of feeling around and modeling and make them expert models and prepared for any production or set that they come across in the future. Okay. So what got you started into that? Wow. (laughs) Okay. So as you know, because I've known you forever, I was always sort of the life of the party, throwing parties, having huge (laughs) events. Um, Once I got into college, I started getting in trouble for those events those large parties and one time I got in severe trouble and my RA basically just looked at me and said you either have to use this kind of power you have to connect and bring people together for your benefit Mm -hmm. or you're just going to go down a path that you really don't want to so out of that I decided to start the turnip company which you know my Mm -hmm. handle name was turnip god and so I started the turnip company which provided networking opportunities for entrepreneurs in college And then sort of from there, what I noticed is that people like to take pictures and they like to represent themselves and that modeling was a very booming industry right then. So we had Instagram coming up. We didn't have TikTok yet, but we had Snapchat. We had the rise of influencers. So I was thinking like, I can definitely do something with this, just in this industry. So once I graduated college and started traveling, Mm -hmm. that's when I realized how big the modeling industry was. I started hanging out with you more. We started doing film productions. I was doing a boatload of photo shoots, just getting content for Instagram, for print, just for portfolio. And then from there, I started doing model boot camp. And so you've come out to a few of my model boot camps. You see me basically teach models how to show up on set, posture, confidence, which we can get into a lot later because I definitely want to talk about what it's like to be on set and in production. But basically, I'm just teaching people, even if you're not a model, how to walk, how to talk, and how to present yourself when walking into a room for any endeavor. So. So this might be a rhetorical question, but mm-hmm. why? Why would you want to teach them this? 
Um, I definitely noticed with me, especially once I graduated college, um, even if you don't really know what you're talking about or you don't have a wealth of knowledge in any industry, but you want to be in that industry, it just really takes posture, confidence, and a little bit of research, you know, showing up on time, um, knowing basically what you should be paid and being confident and sticking to it, and then having posture, being confident. It'll go a lot longer way, and so I definitely wanted to train Majority female models, but I definitely have male models. I have different fitness individuals that I'm getting into now. I definitely just want to train them and help them become better people. So what exactly uh, is, is there like a process of like applying to it and then like, like weeks or is, is it just you're in it and then you're just like... So my favorite thing is that you can find uh, the Sunset Photoshoot team right on Facebook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it makes it so easy. You apply. Usually people already have a lot of their pictures or their Instagram connected to their Facebook. Right. So once you apply, we have a new Facebook group coming where it gives you all the information about upcoming events and like productions. Uh, I've seen you post in there as well. And um, you basically just reach out to me and say, hey, I'm looking for modeling training or I'm interested in modeling. And from there, we look at your profile. We kind of look at your industry and your niche. You know, a lot of models think they can just go into modeling, but I think it's really specific. Um, it's important to, to pick a specific niche, um, whether that's fitness, whether it's runway, whether it's high fashion, whether it's acting in film, and really define yourself in that niche. And then to just reach out from there, we invite you to a model boot camp. Usually that's an hour and a half where we do go over walking, talking, posture, confidence, speech, what you should be doing on set, how you should always arrive an hour early. And sometimes you might be on set all day, but just to be prepared for that. Yeah. Um, and from there, we take you to a couple open calls. So we bring you right through the process. And from there, we hope to get you with a, you know, a solidified agency. Our goal is not to keep you forever. Our goal is to get you to the next step of modeling. Yeah. So I'm glad that you said that because some people just walk on set, especially yeah. for the first time and they think, oh, I'm just going to do this in the afternoon. And then by three o'clock, four o'clock, I'm gone. No, mm -hmm. you're there all day. Yeah. Sometimes you're on set for 16 hours. I've known someone that did PA work, and they were probably starting at 8 o'clock in the morning and then going home at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. What's the longest just... set that you've had? Um, For my short film, Royalty, I shot it on, like, a 72-hour period. Mm -hmm. And so I woke up at 7 o'clock, and I didn't go to sleep until, like, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Right. And so you're the director. Like, you're the producer. What is the time frame that you had your talent show up or your models or your actors show up? What was their time frame? Because, you know, you're yeah. not in the same boat as them. Right. So. All right. So different people showed up. One person showed up at 10. Another person showed up at, you know, the afternoon. Because what I learned the first time was mm -hmm. that you don't want to have everyone on set. Okay. Because that's when things get chaotic. That's when people get restless and... <laughs> Had, I had this one instance where someone was talking about stick on set because he's flirting with girls. Oh, God. So it's like you want to keep people separated. Mm -hmm. And um, I think also that when people need to realize that sometimes when you're even in bigger, higher pay things, you're in your trailer all day probably. Yeah. So they say, okay, call time is at 10 o'clock. You might not get there till like 2 o'clock. Mm -hmm. You know? 
So it's just one of those things that you just kind of have to expect. And so that's another thing that the model boot camp is really good at teaching is how to keep your mind on set. You know, being on set is a lot of flashiness. There might be other stars, there might be exciting execs, but you came there to do a job and we want to make sure you're focused on that job, especially now during COVID. You want to make sure you're safe on production. So one of the big thing I teach models is to know where you're supposed to be on set at every you know, hour of the day. If you're not even supposed to be anywhere near the production, then you shouldn't be there because it's going to hurt your brand and your ability and let people know that you don't really follow directions well. So that's something I always give talent. Yeah. Following directions <laughs> is super important. <laughs> yeah. Because if you don't know what you're doing, you mm -hmm. know, you're in the wrong place, wrong time, it, it, it'll bite you. So, um, quick question. So what exactly does a model have to do in terms of you know, what prerequisites do they have to do prior to being on set? Prior to being on set? Well, first, we should just start all the way at the beginning. I know you said a quick question, but yeah. I'll just go through it from the beginning. So if you have an aspiring model, actor, entertainment, what the, one of the first things you're going to want to do is make sure that they have a profile set up. So this is just basically where people can reach out to you. Um, and hire you for different productions, film sets. So whether it's Instagram, Facebook, you're gonna to wanna to have your nice, clean, clear headshots and all your measurements up to date. And you're gonna to wanna to have that right on your profile and you're gonna to wanna to have an easy way to get connected to. So whether that's a professional email or a working phone number, not a phone a number that gets call silenced a lot, a phone number that working is easy to reach to you. Um, one of those next steps that you're going to do is either find the Sunset Photoshoot team on Facebook or join our Facebook group where we give out a lot of information on the different production sets, whether it's TFP or paid information. Um, also, you can connect and kind of talk to different models, see what's going on in the industry. You definitely want to do your research before entering any modeling industry. And then you definitely want to solidify your niche, whether that's runway, fitness, high fashion, whether you're into uh, just acting, um, script writing, anything that will put you in a niche, um, basically. So then your next step... Let me think about that. Your next step is that we would reach out to you and we invite you to a model boot camp. Model boot camp usually is anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours, depending on the day. And that's where we go over posture, confidence, etiquette, when you should show up to set, what you should be doing on set, who to talk to, how to negotiate your pay, um, things like that. And then we usually take you to a few open calls. Um, Definitely within the industry, mostly we're in New York right now, but we do have a lot of things going on in uh, Las Vegas. Dope, dope, dope. Um, there's one more point I wanted to touch on, but I forgot what it was. But we can go back to that. So, yeah. So, if a model wanted to... Do you push people away from doing non-paid work? So the industry that we use in the modeling industry and a lot of production set is called TFP, which stands for time for print. So that's when the model gives you their time in exchange for content or photos. And then the photographer would provide those. I definitely don't shy anybody away from doing TFP, especially when you're starting out. A lot of photographers will charge you upwards of 150 to $200 for a shoot, no matter whether you're beginning, or an expert and that number raises increasingly yeah. with the photographer's um, 
experience, you know, photographers can charge you $1,500 for a shoot and have amazing pictures coming out. But TFP, what that allows you to do is build your portfolio and be on set. This way you're learning how to model, where to stand, how to work with different photographers. Um, the TFP that the Sunset Photoshoot team does is very fun because not only are you meeting new models in the industry, you're meeting experienced photographers who've been in the industry, mm -hmm. such as Josh. I've had Josh come on a couple of times and provide wonderful TFP uh, photos, which actually have helped models get into runway fashion shows for New York Fashion Week. See, Josh didn't even hey. know that his photos were featured. Um, and then to different, different gigs, I've had different photographers reach out to models directly outside of the Sunset Photoshoot team because they worked at a TFP shoot. Now, the problem with TFP shoots that sometimes a lot of uh, things you'll see on Instagram or Facebook people complaining about is that they didn't really connect and uh, make that arrangement before they meet up. They kind of just was like, oh, I'll show up here, I'll show up there. But you guys didn't negotiate how many pictures she would get in, how long was the photo shoot. Mm -hmm. Um, what type of photo shoot it would be if you get up and you think you're doing a runway photo shoot and it's really a fitness photo shoot that can cause a lot of strain and if you if that experience keeps happening to you you're going to shy away from that also with time after two or three years you shouldn't be taking any tfp photo shoots if you're really grinding in this industry and really want to be a model you should start pushing for people to pay you and take you seriously and with time people should just no longer will be asking you for T TFP because they respect your name and your brand. I would say that if you have, I would say around like 25 to like 50, 75, 100 photos like mm -hmm. that, that you can just show anybody, then you shouldn't be doing any, any TFP. Yeah. I think that's a good um, marker. I think it comes comes more with time though mm -hmm. your portfolio is good but you mm -hmm. always need to be constantly yeah. updating your portfolio uh, so if you have about 50 photos in your portfolio right but then we take a huge break like covid where nobody's really moving nothing is in the industry but they, people still expect you to have fresh new content mm -hmm. you know nothing yeah. just stopped no one gave anybody a pass right. so you're still gonna want to be doing that while you're building back up your brand have you taken part in any tfp photo shoots like what is it from the photographer side because mm. people don't know this but josh used to only do photo shoots and photography before he became this huge film star so how many what were your tfp experiences like were they good were they bad i have so many stories i have so um, many stories i would say when i first started like doing photography was like 2017 i did it for free because i guess i wasn't confident in my skills mm-hmm so I was saying that, okay, I'm going to do this for free to see if somebody likes it. So I would do like, oh, free photo yeah, shoot. Yeah, putting your feelings out Second there. one, you pay $25. And then you were like, no, bump that price up. So right. now I charge, you know, higher than that. But um, I've had instances where people didn't show up. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had a model just recently, someone that you may have known, that canceled like twice. Ooh, you know? spicy. And it was cold outside. And I brought equipment, tea, and tea. I was pissed because I had to take a bus and an Uber to get from there to, like, Nutley, mm -hmm. or, like, you know, New Brunswick. So it was like, that's not, you know, that's not fun, where mm -hmm. especially when you're taking this very seriously and you're bringing heavy lights, equipment, and stuff like that to really capture something, and then someone, oh, I'm sorry, this happened, and then you're just like, no. 
Right. You know so a lot of times what I've learned with new models is they don't realize how much a production set is. So there's two sides to TFP, right? There's the model side where she shows up, she gets photos, she looks great, she takes pictures. But there's also the photographer side where this person is bringing their equipment, their time, their energy. Like you said, you bring full on lights and you travel, you know, we're in New Jersey, but we're not very mobile. We usually do a lot of our work in New York City. Yeah. It takes us 40 minutes flat to get yeah. into New York City. So that's already 40 minutes of our time. Yeah. So with TFP, you have to be careful because like Josh said, if you're not showing up, that's a bad indicator in the industry. I know it seems like the film industry is huge and whatnot, but it's really small, especially in the tri-state area of New York, right? Especially on Facebook where we can just say, hey, this girl didn't show up today. So with TFP, you definitely want to make sure that you have to be serious in the industry. That person probably just was not serious in the industry. And if you're a photographer debating whether you want to do TFP, look for somebody who has shown that they've done TFP work or that they showed up on time and make sure that you guys are meeting at a mutual point because if it's further for one person than it is the other person that's also not fair at all I would say even that um, yeah sometimes it's like on the photography side sometimes mm -hmm. it's good to you know do TFP and then sometimes I think not, if you're a beginning you know? photographer if you're just dabbling and dibbling just seeing if you like photography I think you should do TFP I think you should do TFP if it's a friend that needs help with the photo shoot or they need pictures or headshots for their LinkedIn I don't think if you should be doing TFP if you've already started getting paid and that paid work has produced other means of income for you. I don't think after you're getting paid, you should go back to TFP. I think during COVID, I think that changed the landscape yeah. a little bit. Everybody was helping everybody out. But as we go forward, we should all be striving to make money. That's basically the basis of TFP. It's to get your brand and your name out there. That's important. That's important. That's super important. So say we've been doing film, photography, industry, me and you together for four years, right? Mm -hmm. So we started off with these red moments, right? Photography, mm -hmm. straight photo shoots. Mm -hmm. And then you did this transition into Revenant Studios, right? I pronounced that correct? Revenant Studios. Mm -hmm. And what do you think the biggest difference in working with your talent was? So from going straight from photo shoots to working with full-fledged actors, having to give them scripts, having them on set, what are, what is your rose and your thorn? So what's one thing you loved about the transition and what's one thing you hated? Rose and thorns, I have not done that in so long. Um, my rose definitely is meeting new people. Okay. And I think the reason why I do photo shoots is to continue to meet new people to keep that thing going because I like taking pictures. I like the enjoyment of capturing good things, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a fitness shoot, whether it's a eighties, nineties shoot, whatever it is. I just like capturing things, capturing the moment, um, right? Film. I've been doing it for so long. It's been been like six, seven years, mm -hmm. but um, I would just say that. The difference is that I'm more strict when it comes to film okay. because a lot goes into it. A photo shoot, I can just, if I really just want to be lazy, I can just bring a camera. But because I have a goal in mind in terms of doing film, I have to bring the best. So I have to bring whatever it is, whether it's light, sound, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so 
um, a lot of time goes into it. A photo shoot, we can do 30 minutes, we can do an hour, that's it. Mm -hmm. But a film, for the most part, we're going to be there for at least three, four hours. Right. Capturing the scene, you know. Do you make your talent pre-rehearse? Like, so are you giving me a script three or four days, or three to four days, three or four months out in advance, or am I arriving to set and having to learn on the spot? I give people the scripts in advance. Yeah, because that's that 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 would be crazy. That's I know, the only I know way that, to go. I know that TV shows they give you the scripts the day of. Mm -hmm. But for me, because we're doing film, I, I need you to know your lines. Right. Like. <laughs> so that's what because, you want from your talent and your model on your production set to know your lines, to know your cues. Yeah. Yeah. Because it 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 makes it a lot smoother because you don't want to be on set and then you're dealing with an actor that doesn't know what they're supposed to do because mm -hmm. then I have to explain it to you and then it takes up time and time is very limited. You right. know, a minute on camera might take up like 2 hours, 3 hours. Yeah. To just really get everything moving the lights and everything together and so we don't have time. You know, How many people are generally on your set? So like right now we have 3 people behind set. How many people are on your film set? Do you keep it small so that there's not too much going on? Is there a lot of people depending on the set? It depends on the project because the I'm bringing in more people now. Mm -hmm. Back then it was just me. Yeah. <laughs> Doing everything. And was it, do you find it easier when it was just you or did you find now that you have a team that you rely on, things go a little smoother? It's, it's definitely harder for being by yourself. By yourself, yeah. Because when you have to do the camera, then I have to run and do sound. Mm -hmm. And I have to fix the lighting and everything. And even setting this up, it's like, it takes a time. Yeah. Of just doing everything. Which, by the way, this took an hour to set up. It did not. <laughs> <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> it did not take an hour to set up. But, but it looks it great. A long time. And it's it worth it. It's the high quality. These are not just Instagram reels that, we're, that you're providing. You're providing full-fledged movie theater premiere films. Correct? Yep. Yep, I'm putting in the work to make sure that the projects that people do, mm -hmm. um, they can be proud of. Because at the end of the day, I want to produce a film that people will say, I was a part of that, and I loved being a part of that. And mm -hmm. I would hate for people to watch a film that, that they've been on, and they're like, turn their nose up against it, or they look away, it's like, this is trash. And it's like, it would, you know. And I would never want to put something out there that is trash. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I'm more critical of myself. <laughs> when it comes to these projects because it's something that I created. Right. You know. Um, and there's good moments. And I think even the bad scripts and, well, even the bad productions that mm -hmm. I've done where things don't get completed. You know, uh, a lot of people complained about 2020 that, you know, COVID, you know, da, da, da. Mm -hmm. but for me, I did three films and I, and I completed them all. Nice. Which is rare. And so did COVID change the way you move a little different did it not affect you at all what what did COVID really show you in the film and industry production it did nothing it did nothing <laughs> no so it didn't even really sidestep you and that's a mindset you have yeah. to have yeah. you know you could either really crumble and stay inside or you could have yeah. just decided to do what you did and just push through I think it made it difficult for other people because now I have to be extra cautious and yeah. I have to worry about people's safety not saying that I didn't do it prior, but now I have to make sure that an extra step. everyone is sanitized, no one is sick, no one is doing anything too crazy because they're looking at you. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, I, I tell my friend Marcus this all the time. It's like when things go wrong on set, 
Mm-hmm. They're looking at the director. Right. They don't look at the person that didn't show up or the person that, that didn't, you know, cancel sound or whatever. They're looking at you. Mm-hmm. Oh, how come this, you know, doesn't look right or this angle is just up? It's because so-and-so wasn't there and just had to fill out and I had to do the best that I could. So they're always looking at you because you're the captain of the ship. What's the biggest misconception from in front of the camera to behind the camera? You know what I'm saying? I'm a model and I'm in front of the camera. What's the one thing that you've noticed even in your post-production that I don't know that you know on the other side? I would say that I've noticed that for certain people, um, they don't really know how to operate in front of the camera. Right. Um, when I used to do the plays at Umwood, I remember that people used to tell me, don't turn your back to the audience. Don't turn so that's back. almost the same thing. Don't turn your back to the camera. So always be mm-hmm. open and pivot yourself so they can see you know, your, your body language. And I think that I was looking at some of my scripts, um, not, not scripts, some of my clips. Mm-hmm. Some people had their back positioned away from the camera. You know? Right. I'm saying, and so it's 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 very closed off. So you want to be in the opposite direction. So you want to be open so people can see your your body language. Right. I think one of the tips that I would add to that too is, you know, make sure your profile's in the camera. A lot of people they turn and they go very quickly. One of the things I noticed shooting with you is that when you have an actual professional photographer. He's not just clicking. He's trying to get the shot and make sure that the lighting's hitting you the right way, that that you look great, that there's not hairs flying around. And mm-hmm. what I notice is models are so quick to move because they think they're in a movie where they're just constantly moving oh and it's stand still, slow down a little, let us catch can, the light. I can testify to that because yeah. when we were doing that fitness yoga shoot. Yeah, we were doing it in Manhattan. And we took a picture of this model and she was just like... She was moving very quickly. And, and that was, was like, one of my newer models, yep. I was like, yo, like, just... Slow down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, even, like, I noticed that even with the actors, sometimes they act before I say action. I'm like, whoa, I didn't call action. Mm-hmm. So they're so eager to So they're not act. listening to cues on set, yeah. too. That's a big thing that we teach at the Sunset Photoshoot team because you've done all this great acting and I haven't even turned on my camera yet. So, yeah. okay. It's 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 very important to wait for a direction. Yeah. Um. And I think that um. Once you've been in it for a long time, and I hope that eagle doesn't take for certain people because some people think, oh, I've been acting for so long, mm-hmm. I know everything, and it's like. Yeah, no, you, you can don't. always learn something new on set. And so it's always good to take a step back and just be calm and see what you need to do in terms of taking direction. I've worked with an older actor where, uh, in the instance on the film. People were giving suggestions, and he's and and he said a lot. He was like, "I I wait for you know uh, direction," and and everyone got quiet because they were like, "Oh shit! Like maybe we're not waiting for direction. We're just trying to eager to act and do this thing." And it's like you have to wait for the director to tell you what to do. You don't right. do what you want to do, you know. Now sometimes I allow people to Improvise, be flexible. Yeah, yeah, but it's like if I'm like, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. Yeah, I also think it's important because the director and who hired you and paid you to come there has a vision, and I think you should want to help them create their vision as much as possible just for your future too. You know, every single photo shoot you do is a stepping stand to your brand, to your whole thing so that you can hopefully finish the things that you want to do. So direction, it's good. (laughs) It's a good point. I think that's also 
great when you said brand because people may not think about it, but your name is a brand. Your name is your brand and your legacy, and it follows you forever. Even your Instagram name or your brand or you know, your email, you want to make sure that's all professional and that yeah. it all correlates with each other. So people can say what they want about me, but my brand is I'm always going to come professional. I'm always going to tell you what, you know. Now, some people, you know, they might get offended <laughs> by what I say, but it's only because, you know, me being a hard ass is for people to understand that when you get to Hollywood and you get to bigger directors, this is how they're going to act. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like I'm like an actor at boot camp, like in a way where yeah. it's like I'm giving you the full on what to expect on a film set. Right. So when you go to a higher set now, okay, I know how to act because I've been on Josh's set and I've seen this and I've seen that. And so you're not making these mistakes. Right. I kind of want to touch on that, you know, going into larger productions and stuff. One of the questions I wanted to ask you is how you deal with criticism, right? So from my aspect, when I'm teaching models to deal with criticism, I a lot of times it's literally dealing with themselves. So you know how they say in work you want to compartmentalize yourself from your work. And sometimes people, they're not taking you personally. They're just don't like your work personally. With models, it is you. It's all your face. It's your mm -hmm. confidence. It's your level. Um how did, would you suggest or how have you given critique to models that could have benefited them? And what's the time where you realize, like, oh, I probably could have said that a lot nicer. Mm. Yeah, let's get into that. <laughs> I've said things to people that probably could have been nicer, but then mm -hmm. I'm just like... It was your honest opinion? Why? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think I've been nice for so long that... Why should I continue to continue? Do you because think that's I, something that happens in the industry? Because if you notice that with our more experienced production teams and directors, they don't give a fuck. They're yeah. just like, you You don't have this. I don't have time for this. I got to go. Especially like somebody like me, for beginners, I'm super nice on set. I help yeah. you in the door. But what I tell all my models is once you get there, it's like going to college or starting a new job. You're on your own and somebody can really take advantage of you or make you feel some type of way. So you have to have that confidence going in. And I think that's what it is. I think I've been doing this for a long time, mm -hmm. almost 10 years, is that my heart is becoming harder now. And yeah. now I'm becoming an asshole because I've been through so many things. And so now, especially like, let's say I'm dealing with a model that cancels. I'm not coming with kindness or, or if you're late, mm -hmm. you know, communication goes a long way for me. So I'm not going to be upset if you say I'm running minutes late. So yeah. I know I know that you're not going to be on time. So I'm not looking for you to be here at 12 o'clock when you're rolling at 1.30. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's just that um, for me, there could have probably been other ways that I've yeah. approached certain situations. But I think it's just out of his anger and frustration. Anger. And, you know, we're only human. And I think that most people forget that directors are humans. Yeah. You know, they think, okay, you just make this film, that's it. Mm -hmm. But it's like, we have emotions, we have feelings, we have things that we need to do as well. And a lot of times, you're putting your entire life's work, you know, a lot of people, they just show up to set not realizing the director has been working on this for years. Or even months in the making, yes. every day. And so I think that's something important for talent to recognize when they get up on set. That how much work went into this prior, and I think when talent does recognize that, the production will come out way better. 
think it's just that the Tunisians need to bend up. Bridge the gap in a way. I think what you said it. was perfect. Communication. Tell somebody that you're late. Tell somebody that you don't understand one of your lines or that you need help. One thing that I always like that when my models ask me or they send me pictures, can I wear this? Can I wear this? I don't require that models ask me. I actually just say we're all black. But when they send me pictures of what they're going to wear and like asking me questions, that shows me that they actually want to be on set and that they care and that they're ready for production work. A lot of times when you have models who don't communicate, it doesn't benefit anybody. I think even for actors, when they're so eager to be in a role that actually it's just okay to do this or they give suggestions on how to do it. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad because it's like, I want you to stick close to the character, but I don't mind people wanting to experiment like a little, you know, like, you know, like a little bit of it, but. You know. I think what I would say is for my, like, especially people coming through me, beginning actors, people, just listen to the director. You don't need to improvise. You don't even know what you're doing on set. <laughs> so just listen to the director. Until you've done research for that role, I don't think you should ever really improvise. Does that make sense? Yeah. I want to ask you about your, pro your post-production. Well, let me start over. I want to ask you <laughs> about your post-production procedure and like what that kind of looks like. Do you pre-plan for your post-production. Um, I'm mostly in photo shoots, so like you said, I show up, I take pictures, and I leave. But now that I'm getting into video editing, I video edit now, by the way, um, now I get into doing premieres and stuff and like working with actors in the after realm. What is that like for you? I'm pretty sure Tavon's going to kill me for not Tavon, okay. For not pre-planning, but I don't pre-plan at all. You don't pre-plan? I don't even storyboard. Really? No. So that's even for pre-production. Yeah. It's just like, you have to plan everything. Now, so like, explain to it what you're supposed to be doing and then explain what you do. So you're supposed to be doing storyboarding. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be doing a shot list. Mm -hmm. I don't do that. <laughs> okay, and why not? And um, why does that work for you? I th it doesn't. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think it's because I'm so invested in the project Right. That I know that I'm going to be DPing. I know that, okay, this has to be a close-up. I had to do this. You know what I'm saying? So even when I'm writing the scripts, I'm visualizing what everything is going to be. Mm -hmm. Now, normally, you storyboard so people can understand. And I think that that will help for actors to see where they're supposed to be for blocking and mm -hmm. placement and all that stuff. Blocking, I do do because that is important to know where you need to stand and where you need to be. And explain what blocking is for somebody who doesn't know what that is. <laughs> so pretty much blocking is just pretty much getting the scene. Okay. You know, like even like right now we blocked. You know, I'm sitting here, you're sitting so there. So this is like, on so production, on set. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you, you want to pretty much set up where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a procedure that my film two teacher taught me in terms of like getting everything together it's getting the lights so raising your lights you know without having a deep shadow you raise it because the shadow will go down mm -hmm. you know um there's even another process of it that you can make the light go smaller by closing it so flooding it you know okay. spotting it no, no flooding is opening and then spotting is making it very like precise Take notes. um so <laughs> There's 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 many things that you can do to pretty much make you know lighting is probably one of the hardest things and it takes a lot of time yeah because you have to get it right you know mm -hmm. um and it's something that I'm always working on because 
you can really do a lot with lighting. You can right. tell a story. And so for those of you who are wondering, this is not like your Instagram ring light. These are like full-fledged equipment, expensive lights that will really change the production quality of your video. And these lights are heavy. And they're like, heavy, yeah. Like, these real production lights are like you, two hands. Okay. You know, most, some of them go on C-stands. Like, these, you know, metal stands that, that, that we have here work for these lights because they're heavier. Mm -hmm. But if you put them on those black stands, they'll break. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had an instance where I had a reflector thing and it was windy and it bent the tip of it. Wow. Just, just how like heavy, you know, things mm -hmm. are. So, uh, I remember we did a photo shoot in the mountain station in South Orange and we basically we were trying to get a train moving behind yes. me. So I was taking pictures near the train tracks and Josh was trying to capture me. And I remember we had one of our lights go flying and it was an expensive light, mm -hmm. but without that light, we wouldn't have been able to capture the shot. Right. So we had to do everything in our power to get that lighting. Correct. And sandbags are important. Sandbags but, are key. But I think <laughs> that if it was a C stand in, cause even, uh, even C stands can go flying mm -hmm. with like strong wind. Like uh, I had a teacher tell me that you have to like tie like a rope on like around a tree, and, and even then it'll still move. So it's like. And so let me ask you this: bringing it back to post production, have you ever gone through an entire filming set and realized that this one whole entire scene is not lit, lit correctly? What do you do? Do you go back and refilm? Do you cut that entire scene out? Would you even would you be going through all your production before you even got off set to know that it was wrong so that wouldn't even happen? Like what do you no, do? No, that happens all the time. And what do you what do you do in those situations? Is either I quit <laughs> and I'm like Or what have you I'm done? Like, the movie and I'm not gonna like touch this for like a couple of months and then come back. Mm -hmm. I mean some cause doing reshoots are, are difficult. Okay, yeah. Because people have commitment issues. <laughs> yeah, so if you're already having commitment issues with the first shoot, could you imagine doing the exactly. reshoot? Exactly. Uh -huh. So you can do reshoots. You know, reshoots are expected from mm -hmm. film projects because things happen. You have, you have to reshoot this. The angle's not right, or the lighting's not good, or, you know, you run out of time, you know, because you have to book the space for, you know, a limited um, uh, amount of time. And then mm -hmm. when you go back to it, oh, the actor grew a beard and it's like, bro, we told you to keep yourself yeah. in shape. You know what I'm saying? So you run into a lot of issues, but normally I would just try to see if you can fix it in post. Mm -hmm. And if you can't fix it in post, then you have to do reshoots. So one of the things that has been happening with me is that I like to do TFP photo shoots and so I'll have the model come out, they'll shoot for usually anywhere for an hour to two hours. And then post-production, I give my models and my photographer, for me personally, because I have some you know weight in the industry, a week. I give my photographers, can you send this back in a week? Models, you should be expecting this in a week, right? Mm -hmm. Those are for photo shoots. If I came on set today and did a whole entire shoot for Josh, I was an actor, how long am I waiting for editing and just to even see a, a sneak pee preview of something you've done? I know me, it takes a week, right? I'm doing photos. I just did recently a video shoot for fitness that took me two months. Yeah. I told everybody maybe three weeks. It took me an entire two months. Yeah. How long are Josh's productions? How long am I waiting for your production to even? It depends. It depends. Mm -hmm. It's probably just because I'm evil, but 
Um, when actors flake or they do something to piss me off, I don't give them anything. Wow. Because okay. I feel like I'm not going to give you something good that's going to help you and you treated me like shit. Well, so, this is so these are for people who showed up and didn't do what they needed to do. They didn't come prepared or they were just pure assholes. I'm talking about somebody who showed up on time, was prepared, probably got trained by Chelsea, <laughs> was an amazing actor and I just got off set. Should I be waiting a year for my production? Should I be waiting 2 months? Does it depend on the project? It, it yeah, I would say what is, it depends on the Give me an project, example. I know sometimes, you yeah. Film takes a long time. To edit. And that's to, a to big edit, thing that people know? are misconstrued about. You know, like people think that just because we spent all day on this and then you can cut this. And like, I've had times where I've took multiple shots and it spans 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then when I cut it down, it's 30 seconds. Yes. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it was like, I'm a very fast editor, but normally other people, it would take them a while. Mm -hmm. Take them a month. You know, for me, if I'm really invested in it, it'll take me like a week. Mm -hmm. But and that's with get tired people and... realizing that you also have a life. Like you're not yeah. waking up and breathing and eating, and you do sometimes do that for one film. But right. you have a job, you have a life. You know what I'm saying? You have other projects. Is that something that you run into a lot, where people just expect you to work on this one thing? Yeah, I think even now people are like. I had someone thought that I was ignoring them and it was like, I just have other things to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's not that I'm trying to not talk to you, but it's just that You're I'm focused. not going to give you energy, yeah. you know, to that because there's other things I need to focus on. Okay. So let me ask you, what are some of the things you're focusing on now? What are some of the projects that you are currently in the works? Where do you see yourself as we come out of the pandemic? Hopefully. Um, as people are getting vaccinated and stores are opening back up and schools are opening, what are some of the projects that you are working on? So right now I'm working on a drama, mm -hmm. uh, like a coming of age high school drama mm -hmm. uh, about a girl, Shiro, who likes rock music. She gets Saturday de detention and it's kind of like a spinoff of like The Breakfast Club. Okay. Uh, that's shooting in the summer. Mm -hmm. And how many people on set, how many actors on set do you have for that? Or I talent? believe it's five characters. Five characters? characters? And are they all actors or some of the models? Did you find some oh, of yeah. them? Well, I had to because there's not enough time to explain it. But I did a casting call and mm -hmm. people didn't submit on time. And so I had to go through other means of getting so... Sometimes you just find random people like, hey, can you look, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's very difficult to just find people, you know? Some mm -hmm. of them may, might be act, some of them might be just people that don't even act at all. Mm -hmm. And you just have the look, you know, for the role. Mm -hmm. So it's so sometimes a, it's not even it's about how great yeah. you are. It's just you look perfect for that spot. Yeah. I remember you told me during one of your famous birthday dinners, um... I met one of your friends and he was actually cast as an extra. Like he was supposed to be a background extra and then ended up being one of like your main guys on your set or your production team. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who that was. <laughs> <laughs> but that also happens a lot yeah. too. A lot of times you'll be cast for one role and end up being in a specifically other role and that you should be prepared just to pivot and be, you know, open to different roles. And I think that's super important because mm -hmm. a lot of people get complacent of they get stuck is, in their this, role. This is yeah, what I want to do, you know. Mm -hmm. And especially when you want to move up in Hollywood, 
you might be a gaffer or a grip, mm -hmm. but today you're there or you're a PA. Now you're doing cinematography. Mm -hmm. So you always have to be eager to do new things because if you just say, no, I'm not going to touch sound. I want to do camera work. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you might lose out on an opportunity. Yeah. And so that's definitely from the production side. From the talent side, I would just say be able to learn on the fly very quickly. You know, you might come in for a model job and then we realize we need you to do a quick speaking role. Yeah. And you should be able to speak and memorize lines quickly because if you don't, we can actually find somebody else. New York City is humongous. I have branches in New York City and Las Vegas. Las Vegas has a wealth of talent. You know, there is, you're special in your own way, which is what I tell talent, but there is somebody else right behind you. So take every point serious. And I think that goes for production too, uh, especially if you're just breaking in or you're an assistant, there's many more assistants. You know, you want to get to the director's spot. So make sure that you're training under somebody who's promoting you, helping you, but you're listening and not stuck in your way. If you're lighting and you need to do sound, you need to figure out how to do sound real quick. <laughs> yeah. So, what's next for you? What's next for me? So, right now I'm really focused on fitness, primarily yoga. I used to run track for 15 years. And when I finished running track, I graduated college and I went into a slump for about two years of doing absolutely nothing. And then it's like one day I woke up and I fell in love with yoga. I don't know how that happened, but now I do virtual um like a lot of YouTube, we do TikTok, we do Instagram, we do short form classes, and then we're trying to build a community more as we can go back out. So I think I'm going to stick in the health, fitness, and like wealth sort of area. I'm definitely gonna be traveling a lot more. Before the pandemic, I was traveling all over the place, especially throughout the US. I think that's going to happen again because I like working with talent from around the world. Um, what I notice is that, you know, the hubs, California, New York, they have the best talent. That's where everybody goes. But the Midwest and like different parts of the West, they have hidden talent. And that's what you should be looking for is the hidden talent that nobody's ready for because everybody can be on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> but it's way harder to be in a full length film and actually have character and make sure that your part means something. So for me... Definitely just going to look for different talent, hidden talent, and focusing on fitness. So what are your social media plugs? Where, where can we find you? So my social media plugs, you can Google us because we do good SEO, important. Um, the Sunset Photoshoot team, uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram at talent.sunsetmodels. Um, me personally, you can find me on Instagram at Burris Chelsea G. Uh, B-U-R-R-U-S-C-H-E-L-S-E-A-G. That's on Instagram and I'm on TikTok. Um, yeah, I'm big on Snapchat. That's turn up God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very big on Snapchat. Um, T-V-R-N-V-P-G-A-W-D. And I also have an Instagram on that. Definitely with the different brands that I bring forward, I try to separate myself. Like I was telling the models, definitely niche yourself. The turn up brand is definitely more for partying, but the sunset modeling is definitely for more if you want to get into the production, film, and industry. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for sitting down and talking. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Josh. <laughs> Gotta have my people on board. Absolutely. Just spread the knowledge, you know. Yes, and we will be West Coast soon. I'm counting on that. <laughs>
go together. It has to happen. It has to happen. There's no other option at this Where point. West Coast will you be going first? Uh, California. California. I will be going to anywhere with a beach, so I'll see you there. <laughs> Most likely. Okay. okay. So, did you enjoy this podcast session? Why don't you give it a thumbs up? Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell so you can be alerted when we post something new. Follow us on Instagram at the Fisher Revenue Studios. Thank you for listening, and I hope you make your way back to listen to another session.